Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Winnipeg Blue Bombers theme song. Circa like 1981 or 82. This is Oilers now. Bob Stauffer with you. Eskimos beat him in the 82 uh, final. Some guests on the show received gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tal Maggie and the staff Oilers now sent you. Roos Chris. Her next guest, uh, John Shannon, is a fan of Roos Chris. John, I went double steak on uh, Friday and Saturday night. I gained 11 pounds by 1.30 a.m. on Saturday night in Montreal. I was up 11 pounds from the start of the road trip. What do you think about that? Are you there? It's okay. Is that okay? Is yeah, that, you're there? Beef's okay, the beef's okay, but it's the, it's the double stuffed potato and, and the nine pieces of, uh, of cheese bread. Yeah, well, there was a piece of cheese bread or two and a glass of wine or yeah. two. And, uh <laughs> Bumped into a couple managers from around the league on Saturday night as well, so I had a comical exchange at that uh, case. It was a good night. I won't say who, not naming any names. I want to read you this text, John, right from the get-go. I just talked about the fact that... So so how this works right now is there's tremendous amount of frustration with, uh, you know, the fans with the position that the Edmonton Oilers are in. But given where they were going into the break and how they played coming out of the break... To me, there were positives, and it's important that the team keeps a positive energy. And frankly, this generation of kids, they don't want to be beat down. They don't want to have nonstop, you know, negative herping and, uh, you, know, you know what I'm saying? So I want to read you this text. Bob, I'm 45, or sorry, 44, and have four kids. I'm sick and tired of hearing how kids nowadays have to be massaged to do better. That's BS. They need to be told and then shown what they're doing wrong. If the players of this team can't handle constructive criticism, then they aren't pros. Sometimes you have to sound off like you got a pair. Former D-man Mark texting the show. Well, my response to that is there's a difference between reinforcing and um, educating and, and providing constructive criticism and just whining and harping. And so, anyhow, I'd like to get your sense on where we're at with that. 
Well, uh, let's face it. I mean, how you deal with millennials, I think we ta- we've talked about this uh, on numerous broadcasts and on in numerous shows, including this one. How you deal with millennials, and when we're talking about millennials, we're talking about millennials that truly are millionaires, because that's, that's part of this, too. These guys have, you know, guaranteed contracts. Um, and, you know, they, they're, they're, they are in charge. This is a player's league now. Uh, and how you manage to get the most, the most out of those guys is a challenge. Uh, and, and, you know, it's not just happening in Edmonton if it's happening in Edmonton. It's happening in Toronto. Uh, I can tell you right now. It's happening in Toronto? What do you I mean? Know, it's, it's hard to believe. It, really? It's happening? Uh, it, it, well, may, yeah, maybe, they ha- maybe they have a little maybe. bit more depth up front that they're enabled to uh, overcome those sort of things. Well, no, but I mean, I, I think when we when we sit and talk about the relationship between Austin Matthews and Mike oh. Babcock, I think that's what we're talking about. Oh, don't tell Mike that. You know, and because <laughs> I did, because I did. Trust me, <laughs> trust me, Mike knows. Um, but uh, I mean, we you were in Montreal on Sunday, and I think that the biggest change um, of any coach in the National Hockey League this year on how to deal with a younger roster is Claude Julian. And I think he's had some input from a couple of his assistant coaches. You talked on the broadcast yesterday about what a great job Dom Ducharme has done. Uh, you're right, he has. Uh-huh. Uh, he's and he's dealt with junior players a lot longer than, uh, or more recently rather than uh, than, than Claude has. Uh, Luke Richardson has done a magnificent job with Canadian Blue Line, and one of the things that is constantly discussed amongst the Blue Liners there is when we go out on the ice and make a mistake. We come back, Luke isn't yelling at us. He's telling us positive reinforcement. He's making us feel better. I'm I'm an old school guy. I, I, I agree with Mark the D-Man, but I'll tell you what, you better evolve or die, and that's exactly what has to happen. Well, and I mean, just, just looking at the Canadian staff, Kirk Muller is generally considered one of the top associate coaches in the NHL. I think that's fair. Well-respected player. Yep. Luke, Luke Richardson. And, and, by, and by the way, and by the way, by the way, perfect spot for him. He's had his chance as a head coach. It didn't work out, um, and uh, and he's back in a spot where he can thrive. Yes, uh, Luke Richardson has overcome as brutal of a personal tragedy as anybody. And when you have something like that happen, it provides you with real perspective in life. Yep. And absolutely. And, and Ducharme, the difference, the drop off from Dominic Ducharme to Tim Hunter in the World Juniors. I saw Dominic Ducharme after the game yesterday. He would have never sat there and called out a 16-year-old kid at the World Juniors. By the way, that 16-year-old kid's going to be the number one pick in the NHL draft in 2020, So, which is what occurred this past year with Hockey Canada. Uh, anyhow, I digress. So they've got, a, they've got a staff, and you know what? Manny Viveros comes out of Swift Current. He's been dealing with, uh, in, in a place that's tough to recruit kids to go to, but yeah. he, uh, he's been dealing with kids. Trent Yanni, we talk about uh, reputation of being the... Uh, the defense whisperer with what Anaheim built over the last several years. And, I mean, he was on a staff with Randy Carlisle, and Randy Carlisle has some bite in his game. Gullitson, you know, rode the ups and downs. And then and somebody texted the show just before we went to break saying, Bob, you know, you talk about this stuff. Like, Ken Hitchcock has a reputation of being, 
he can be a hard guy. And I'm like, well, but a masterful tactician. And I just said, look, Ken comes from the Claire Drake School. Claire Drake never stopped learning. My expectation is Ken Hitchcock would never stop learning either. So, absolutely. Well, I, and I think I think if you sit down with Ken, he will tell you that, if he, you know, he, he, being a student of the game, he's gone to a ton of seminars. He's gone to listen to how guys like Tony La Russa and, and Sir Alex Ferguson and um, and even football coaches. I remember he talk, told me a story about uh, one of the guys he learned from about how to deal with younger players was was Wally Buono. Uh, and dealing with younger players, it's different now. You, you know, the days of having Brett Hall on the bench, you yell at Brett Hall and Brett Hall yells back and you both end up at, with a wry smile and they go out and win. Those days are gone. It doesn't happen anymore. Uh, how you do? I mean, and, and, and this is not just in hockey, Bob. Yeah. This this is not just in hockey. This is in business too. This is in television. This is in in, in finance. This is everywhere of how you manage people. And uh, it's 2019. It, it it's not 1999 anymore. We're joined by John Shannon. One of the unique things about the situation with Edmonton is they're a young team, and all their best players are basically 25 and under. Right, like if you look, if they're five best players, yeah. Right, Clefbaum's twenty five. Nurse turned twenty four today. Drysaddle's twenty three. Uh, Connor McDavid, Connor. Connor's twenty two. Yep. Nugent Hopkins is twenty five as well. So Nugent Hopkins and Clefbaum are both twenty. That's their five best players. Yeah. Right, and unfor- uh, I, yeah, there, there. This, this is, this is where. Um, I mean, I, I think on the weekend. Uh, coming out of the break, like that first period in Philly was as good a period as we've sure. ever seen them play. I, I agree. I agree. It's as good as they play this you year. Know? Yeah. You know, and 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 now what you have to find a way to do, and this is all part of maturation, and this is a part of of, of uh, you know stamina, is how you can, how you maintain that for sixty minutes or sixty five minutes, and you know that this team is is going to have to find ways to learn how to win again. Yeah. You know, they've done an amazing job of finding ways how to lose. You <laughs> know, um, uh, but the, now they have to go and find ways how to win again. And and every time they go out, and every time, you know, Chicago tomorrow night, if they get off to a great start, you know, the great, you know, they they blew two leads on the weekend, Bob. But the other thing they did was, for the first time in a while, like when the checks? opposition scored the first, well, when the opposition scored the first goal, they weren't out of it. Yeah, they weren't out of the game. And they absolutely did come back and fight back and were able to take a lead. So there is, uh, you know, the sky isn't falling every time right now. There are some positives to deal with. Uh, and now they, and I do think they have a little bit of momentum to deal with. Yeah, it's, it, for me, you know, they were sick limping in that break, those final three games, and there was a pall in the building at Rogers Place, and I get it. Like, the fans are sitting there saying, show me something. Oh, here we go again. First goal, first shot on the game, pucks in the yep. net, right? Here we go again. Yep. They can't have that happen tomorrow night against Chicago. I mean, we could end up with a 6-5 game against Chicago because both teams have given up a you-know-what load of goals. Um, yep. But, uh, yeah, they, they've got to start okay. I mean, they lost yeah, they, nine they, out of eleven they, at home here. At one point, they were ten four and one at home, and they've lost. You nine. know, it, it it does go there. You know, as simple as we talk about not dealing with millennials differently than we dealt with guy veteran players in the twenty years ago. 
Um, there is something to be said about the emotion of scoring the first goal and the momentum that can be created in scoring the first goal. Yeah. Uh, and you're right. At some point, the Oilers have to do that. They can't sit back uh, and and pretend to do a ton of this kind of stuff. So they, they, they stuck with playing the lines right until the final minute of the game in Philadelphia and really for about 55 minutes yesterday against Montreal. Just your assessment on the deployment of their four respective lines. Well, I mean, I think it was a positive. I mean, I, I think in the end, um, you, you know, and I think the, I think the change from uh, to put Malone in yesterday didn't hurt. Um, you know, I, I think I think players thrive on consistency. I really do. I think players need that. I think they believe in it. Uh, and I and I and quite frankly, through all the meetings that went on during the break, I think that that was one of the messages that came from the players saying we need to be able to know who's on our on our left wing and on our right wing. On a consistent basis, yeah. um, it, it, it wasn't. It, listen, it wasn't wrong that Ken tried to change it up because he, what he was trying to was was to find lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Well, there was no lightning in the bottle to be found, um, and now it's about time to it, it look for some consistency. Two highly entertaining games. There's something about a game at the Bell Center, especially when you roll in and you've got Connor McDavid on your team. I mean, that is as knowledgeable of a fan base as there is in the league. Um, I don't love Quebec politicians, but I love Montreal hockey fans. It's a great. How play. about uh, how about how about the ovation he got uh, when he was announced in the brigade? Yeah, I mean the the people are so sophisticated there. They understand. I think I think they're the best pure hockey fans in the world in Montreal. I really do. Uh, I was there uh, the first uh, you know in, in December when uh, or in January rather than when Pedersen was coming to town for the Canucks and he got hurt. And there was a true concern of the hockey fans uh, with the injury to, to Elias Pettersson. They know they know how great things are. Let's face it, Montreal, Montreal. I remember being on the first trip that Wayne went in there. We had a thousand people outside the practice ring trying to bust down the door. This is a this is a town that understands greatness yeah. and under and appreciates greatness on the ice. Hey, I mean the Russians during the Cold War were not well liked in North America. But they applauded what Valerie Harlamov could do. Oh, sure. Right? The, the, you know, the, the thing, the, and the other thing about, it's funny, I, I forget, I was, talk, I was talking to a, uh, a European-born player, uh, and it'll come to be who I was talking to in a, in a couple of minutes, and the discussion was, where's the hockey, the, where's the center of the hockey universe? And he said for him as a kid, it was Montreal as a European player. Uh, it's when he came to and played in North America on a regular basis that he realized he thought it was Toronto. Uh, but for for the hockey world, yeah, uh, international and North American, Montreal is truly the the, the the center of the hockey universe. All right, so we're going to take it down a further step here. We're joined by John Shannon from NHL Hockey and Rogers, Bob Stoffer with the Oilers. Now it's twelve forty eight in Edmonton. John, this week. Is Hockey Day in Canada Saturday? The Oilers will yep. be playing San Jose. That's a five o'clock puck drop time at Rogers Place. I've got, uh, as you know, I've got uh, Dave Randorf and Kevin Quinn, both who do games as part of the Saturday night packages uh, for Hockey Night. You produced numerous shows over those years. Now you're an analyst on those. Um, the guy that was in Montreal is my favorite broadcaster of all time. So you know where I'm going next. Danny sure. Gallivan, for me, uh, was the guy. You worked with all those. How special was Danny Gallivan? Oh, he was an artist. Um, you know, he was he was genuine. Uh, he was enthusiastic. 
Um, he was old school, Bob. I mean, there wasn't much that as a as a you know a, a young snot nosed producer I could tell him. Right. Uh, but yeah, then you, then what you had to do was work around him. Yeah. Uh, but he was always welcoming, always appreciative. Uh, and the thing that you see and hear from the old school guys, and that's not to say that we don't hear it from guys like Dave and Kevin, um, is the sense of anticipation. Yes. You you see you hear it from Bob. Yeah, and by the way, I think Jack does. Jack's Jack's sense of anticipation is pretty damn good too. We're, but we're um, asse- we're assessing guys specific to hockey night in relation to hockey yeah, day in Canada, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, and but I, I would, uh, I, my, my, you know, the Gallivans, the Bob Coles, Dan uh, Kelly. I'll give you another. I will. Uh, you beat me to it. I, yeah. Uh, I would, I would put Dan Kelly uh, right at the top uh, of a guy who, as a pure broadcaster, uh, what I would tell you about Dan uh, is that Dan had a sense of broadcast, and what I mean by that is Dan was as concerned about what the intermissions looked like. And what the what the questions were by the host, and what the replays looked like. Um, Bob and Danny are concerned about play by play. Right. You know they were concerned about just doing their job. Uh, Dan had a greater and broader sense, so you could sit down with Dan in the bar, as we were wont to do. We would never do that. We'd never do that. Well, I know it's a new world, and the millennials wouldn't, but you know us old guys would, um, and we would sit and go through the whole show. We'd right. go through the whole production uh, from stuff to turn, and uh, and and he would he would give his two bit two uh, two bits, and I would give my four bits, and the four bits would always win. There you go. Well, uh, for me, Danny Gallivan, and, and maybe it was. I mean, he made me, frankly, a Canadians fan in the mid seventies. Yeah. The other guy, the other guy that doesn't get much as much credit and should for being a consummate broadcaster is Jim Robson in Vancouver. Um, he didn't get near the national exposure that the others did because right. he was Canucks first. Yep. But you know what? Bob Nystrom's overtime goal in 1980. Uh, he gave six against the Flyers. An unbelievable call. So specific. The, the, the other thing, the other key lesson, Bob, in all this is now you got me going. Is the higher in the food chain you go as a broadcaster, the higher in the food chain you go, the more you say with less words. And that's what all of those guys we've just talked about, Robson, Kelly, Cole, Gallivan, the higher in the food chain you went, the more they said, and they used less words than anybody else. Uh, Danny Gallivan, not just the ability, you know, to build a crescendo, but also the diction. Like the, the the voice control, but never had you know constant repetition of the same fra- phraseology during the course of a period. You might hear you know a Savardian spinorama once a game, but you didn't hear it three times a game. You know what I'm saying? Nope. And that's not a nope. Denny Savard spinorama. That was a Serge Savard spinorama. Well, back well, the, you know, the, the the famous line was that he got a letter from somebody out in Nova Scotia. Danny's from Antigonish. But he said, Dear Mr. Gallivan, I'm an English teacher. There's no such word as cannonading. And he sent the letter back, Dear sir, there is now. Um, so, so, <laughs> so, so, so that's, uh, that's classic Danny. I loved working with Danny. He was so much fun. He loved, uh, he had passion for the business and passion to do it right. And, uh, and the great thing about Danny is that in, in a day where he started on radio and finished on television, you could not tell the difference between the way he called the game between radio and TV. Awesome stuff. John, we appreciate your thoughts. Uh, we're going to continue down this path with Dave Randorf and Kevin Quinn. And, uh, hey, have fun with Hockey Day in Canada. Where are you going to be? T.O.? 
I'm in Toronto because I still have to do some radio stuff. But tell uh, Randorf and uh, Quinn that uh, they were my one and one A. That'll make them feel better. Okay, I will surely not do that. Thank you very much. <laughs> Take care. It, yeah, it is. Uh, it's John Shannon from. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. NHL Hockey and Rogers. It's 12.53 at Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stauffer with you. We'll go to a couple texts after this. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.55 in Edmonton. This March, take the family to the beach during spring break. Great deals with fun in the sun destinations, including Puerto Vallarta, Riviera Maya, and Honolulu between $1,550 and $1,900. These four- and five-star packages include accommodations, airfare, taxes, parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. For reservations, call the travel experts at New West Travel or book online at newwesttravel.com. Well, we have a... A new uh, promotion here. You got a chance uh, with 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers to join the team. We're giving away the ultimate super fan experience. A spot and cameo in the Oilers team photo. It could be you. We'll outfit you for the photo shoot in your personalized Oilers jersey and there's more. As a teammate, you'll get a sideline seat with 630 Chad's Reed Wilkins and Oilers now. Now why would Reed be listed ahead of me in this script? That's what I want to know. Anyways, uh, at Oilers practice on March the 10th. You can go sit next for Dree. That's fine. Plus a VIP experience for you and three guests at uh, an Oilers home game. 630 Chad's giving you three chances to enter to win. Listen to 630 Chad's Morning News, Oilers Now, or Inside Sports every Tuesday starting tomorrow for a code word. When you hear the code word, enter on our contest page at 630Chad.com. One lucky listener will be announced as the grand prize winner taking place Tuesday, February 26th. There we go. You can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at Oilers Now. Uh, Bob, hard to get the likes of Connor Sherry, Jason Zucker, Miles Wood, uh, Frank Vetrano. Fast players trending up in the league. Wood's one that interests me because he's got some bite to his game. He can fly. Uh, Sherry's a very effective player, effective for Pittsburgh. Zucker's a good player for the Wild. Vetrano has been available. Uh, Bob, with the tight cap moving forward and the need for skill, is it worth buying low on semi-bus like Josh Hosang or Valerie Nachushkin? Again, you can text, or Hayden Flurry. You can text us at 630-630. The orders in the late 90s did lots of no money and found gems like Morrow, McCammon, Jason Smith, etc. Well, you're right. They did get good value in uh, Ethan Morrow and uh, Jason Smith. There's no question about that. Um, you know what? I mean, Edmonton's kind of got their own guy. That they got to develop Yesapul Yarvi, who, by the way, strong game uh, Saturday, just so-so yesterday. But, uh, you know, he's got to work his way up in terms of in the lineup. We'll see how it ends up moving, taking place. More talk about Hockey Night in Canada and Hockey Day in Canada. Kevin Quinn, Dave Randorf, when we return after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.